Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Please rise as you're able for the reading of the gospel. Our lesson today comes from Mark chapter 6. Listen for the word of God. He left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all this? Where is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Joseph, and Judas, and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What would you think if I said to you at the very close of this service, I want you to find a partner in here, somebody in the sanctuary, and then go out two by two? 
Take very little with you, not even anything to eat. Knock on people's doors, go to their homes, and tell them about the love of Jesus Christ. If they reject you, just knock the dust off your feet and keep on going. How does that make you feel inside when you hear that? If you're like me, you might find that some excuses and some defenses start to rise up about why that's not possible or how that makes you uncomfortable. Well, this is what Jesus is saying to his disciples today in the Gospel of Mark. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. He gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out. They proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. These disciples, these disciples whom Jesus called earlier in the book of Mark, ordinary people with an extraordinary call, have already left everything they knew, everybody they knew to follow him. And as they've done so, they have witnessed the power of Jesus. And it's been a long stretch of ministry. They've watched as Jesus described God's kingdom with provocative parables He's exercised demons, he's healed the sick, he's calmed a storm, he's raised a little daughter from the dead. So you would think that Jesus would be a hero everywhere he went, especially in his hometown, the place that he's from. They should be so proud of him. But right before he sends these disciples out two by two, he's rejected by his own people in his own town of Nazareth. Can you imagine how that must have felt for him? And yet, it doesn't stop Jesus. He shakes the dust off of his feet because what he knows, what he cares most deeply about is the urgency of his mission. And if somebody is going to stop that, then he's not going to let him. He's just going to keep going. Keep on healing and teaching and performing miracles. He knows that nothing is more important than bringing the kingdom of God here and now and making sure that that message gets spread. He also knows that he's not going to be on this earth forever to do that work himself. So this is when he starts to really empower his disciples to spread the good news. He says, you've been witnesses to my work, and now it's time for you to start participating in the work of bringing the kingdom. So go out. Go out, disciples, and you do this work. Now, I imagine that they might have been feeling intimidated or nervous, that excuses might have been raising up within them. Surely, we can't be people who heal or cast out demons, Jesus, only you. I imagine some of them were afraid of being rejected. That's not a very comfortable place to be. I imagine they were thinking, look, we're just fishermen, Jesus. We're not rabbis. And goodness, surely, surely we'll need some money and some food. We cannot rely solely on the hospitality of others. But these disciples do it anyway. They go out. They go out two by two. They go and encounter people where they are. 
and they spread God's love and healing with everyone they meet. As I was reflecting on this gospel lesson this week, I kept thinking about the founder of Methodism named John Wesley. Now, John Wesley lived in a very different context than these disciples. Uh, He lived in 18th century England. John Wesley was the son of an Anglican priest and a devout, faithful Christian woman. So Wesley grew up taking his faith very seriously, and he knew his whole life that his fate was to also become an Anglican priest like his father. When he entered Oxford College, he and his brother Charles and a few friends started what they called the Holy Club. It was a group that met on Sundays, other like-minded students who were serious about Christian living. They covenanted with one another that they were going to live a disciplined Christian life. They rose early every morning to pray. They gave their money away. They visited people who were sick and in prison. Now, this didn't make them the most popular guys on campus. You can imagine that folks who were 20 years old who spent more time praying than partying were not exactly the most fun-loving people in college. But they were committed to this way of life. And in fact, that's how we now have our name Methodist, because the folks who were judging them called them methodical. And they said, oh, those Methodists are at it again. And so we actually get our name um, from a derogatory term for this holy club for being so methodical in who they are and what they did. And that's why we're Methodists, because we're methodical in our Christian living and faithfulness. And yet as faithful as John Wesley was, he started to become dissatisfied with the church, with how faith was living out, even with his priesthood. He did become an Anglican priest, and he started getting frustrated that not that many people were coming to church, and the ones there were not really listening to his sermons. The churches weren't filling up with people. And he also realized that it seemed that folks who were coming to church on Sundays weren't living their faith in a methodical way throughout the week. It seemed like they showed up on Sunday, they left, they lived their lives without any kind of change and came back again. He felt like church became more of a fashion show, a place for the wealthy and the elite to see and be seen. Coming to church was kind of a cultural status and it didn't seem to have an impact on people's daily lives. And he looked around and realized there were a lot of people who were excluded from church because they didn't have the right clothes or enough money or enough status. And so there were a lot of people who were missing out on the gospel. So what did John Wesley do? He went out. He went out and found where the people were. He left the confines of the church, the gilded sanctuaries, and decided, I'm going to go preach where people are. He went out to fields where laborers were working and started to preach on their lunch breaks. He went to cemeteries because they were large gathering spaces. He started preaching, and before too long, hundreds of people were flocking to hear him in cemeteries and fields. And suddenly, faith seemed to come alive in people's lives. There was an urgency to his message. There was a passion to what he was doing and what he was about that he wasn't finding in the churches of his day. He famously said, the world is my parish. And a whole new group became transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
But it was still important to Wesley that he was inspiring people to live their faith day in and day out. So he didn't just preach in fields and moved on. He also helped people start systems for small groups. Some of them were called classes, some were called bands, other societies, where people met during the week outside of the time they were hearing preaching and were transformed by the gospel together. Often they met in homes and they held each other accountable. They covenanted to pray daily, to give their money away, to visit those who were sick and in prison. Wesley never intended to start a new denomination. In fact, he stayed a priest in the Anglican Church, the Church of England, until his death. But this movement of taking the gospel out to where people were and to people who might otherwise be excluded from church and then helping them form small groups and homes so that this message wasn't just something you heard once a week but something you were empowered to live with other people day to day started to spread like wildfire. And as we sit here, friends, in a United Methodist Church on July 4th, I'm also acutely aware of how the story of Methodism closely resembles the story and the history of the United States, because while this Methodist movement started in England, it took off here in the States. Methodists, as they were called, this reform movement out of the Church of England, many of them came to the United States in the 18th century, still is this reform movement. But as the Revolutionary War happened uh, and the United States got its freedom from England, the Methodists decided we are also going to declare our freedom from the Church of England. And that's how our denomination was started, right at the same time as the Declaration of Independence. And they kept that fervor in the Methodist Church of going to where people were. Methodism spread here because itinerant lay preachers rode around on horseback. They decided they were going to take the gospel out to people and to places that didn't have church buildings that might not have had priests that they could listen to. So the denomination that we are founded on today here, we are here because John Wesley and those earliest Methodists took seriously the gospel of going out of going to where people are. So here we find ourselves in a wholly different context. We're not in first century Galilee. We're not in 18th century England. But we find ourselves in 2021 in Sandy Springs. And our methods of sharing the gospel, they're no doubt going to be different because we've got to do it in the context that we're in for it to be effective. And I'm not going to stand here and encourage you to go around and to knock on everybody's door or to go stand in a cemetery and start preaching. Although if you do, I would love to hear how that goes for you. But this text and our Methodism, it's inspiring, and it does lead us to ask similar questions for our day. And so I invite you to join me in asking yourselves, asking one another these questions as we move throughout our week. What might it mean for us to go out, outside the walls of the church, to take the message of love and hope and healing and justice and mercy, new and saving life, to where people are? What are those places? To ask ourselves who's not in our church buildings and why, and what might we be called to do about that? To ask how is God calling me with my own gifts 
and situation and context and relationships to share the good news with others. To reflect on what we might be afraid of, what excuses might rise up when we think about sharing God's love. The good news is we don't do any of this work alone. And what we think may seem like a small step or that we're not qualified to share, that's in fact the way that the gospel spreads. It spreads two by two, healing by healing, meeting by meeting, small group by small group, ordinary person by ordinary person. We are here today as Christians and Methodists because folks were willing to show up one at a time, two by two, and offer some love and probably what felt like small and ordinary ways, but look at us now. And we get to come to this table, the place where Jesus invites us to meet him so that we can be nourished and feast on that love and mercy and justice and peace, forgiveness, new and abundant and saving life. But then he says, then, that's not all. This isn't just for you to nourish yourself and come home and then come back next week and do it again. He says, take what you know and feel here and go out. Go out living your faith, not just on Sundays, but every day, and share that with others. For each of you are my children, Jesus says, and each of you are called and empowered to proclaim the kingdom of God in your own way with words and actions and relationship and witness. And it will spread by the power of God. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.